Jim Jones talked about going to the promised land. And then pretty soon we were seeing film footage of Jonestown. Rice, black-eyed peas, Kool-Aid. We all wanted to go. I wanted to go. People's Temple truly had the potential to be something big and powerful and great. And yet, for whatever reason, Jim took the other road. This is Sick and Wrong, America's number one source for antisocial commentary. Brought to you by the Reach Around Foundation. Good evening. Welcome to Sick and Wrong, the world's source for antisocial commentary. One of your hosts, E. Simon. I'm Wackerly. What's up there, Wackerly? Not much. <laughs> How was the weekend? You're, look, you're looking pretty uh, fresh, pretty um, effervescent today. Really? You, did you not get trashed over the weekend? Because I hung out with you on Saturday and you were on trashed on Saturday. Yeah. That happened. No, I didn't get trashed last night, though. But, I mean, it was an eventful weekend other than uh, the no, Saturday no, night. No, not at all. I smoked some pot, um, which I never do. <laughs> you smoke pot on a... So, set- have you ever... Has this ever happened to you? So, like, normally if some guy handed me a pipe, I just would be like, no, dude, or a joint. No, fine. Bong, God, no. Are you talking crack pipe or are you talking weed pipe? Weed pipe. <laughs> but it's ever is that, have you ever been at some party and some guy gives you this like outlandish pipe that's like just you know made out of a out of monkey skull and it's like six feet long and you just like I can't turn that down or I look like a douche. Yeah, no, seriously. Because <laughs> you're like, well, you know, this is a special pipe. I gotta have a puff or two. No, dude. Last time I did that, the rabbi got all pissed at me. He was just like, <laughs> I was like, Dad, come on, I don't want to smoke your skull bong again. <laughs> I thought you were talking about the shofar. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, blowing my dad's shofar a couple times. No, uh, not, so um, did you end up getting like really stoned? Did you get? No, it was one of those where I was so drunk already. You wandering was, in was a, a field with your pants no, off? No, I was about to, about to pass out on my friend's couch anyway. So, And I so just, this was just been Friday then, because Saturday Friday, I ended up right. hanging out with yeah, you. That's yeah, that's it. That's everything that happened to me. No, you know, I had a pretty uh, rather eventful weekend. Saturday... As I said before, we ended up hanging out. But prior to that, I saw the new Bond movie by myself. <laughs> yeah, I noticed you went by yourself. I thought you went with your sister and Jer. And when I came they home to meet you to guys, that. I was like, how'd you like the Bond movie? And they're like, oh, Dave went by himself. Yeah, no, I ended up going by myself. I didn't because... know you were such a Bond aficionado. <laughs> no, dude, I love Bond movies. And I was so hungover from the night before. And I was walking by the theater and I was like, you know what? I'm just going to go see a movie by myself, which I actually kind of prefer to do. You can eat all the popcorn by yourself. You eat the popcorn by yourself. You lay out in the chairs, you know. You don't have to discuss the movie with anyone afterwards. That's true. I hate that. You can just bolt right out of the place and you just yeah. go on your merry way. Yeah. But, you know, now I got to go see it again uh, with my brother and um, our friend Sky. He wants to go see it. So now I'm going to have to go see it twice. Why can't your brother and Sky go by themselves? My, I'd promised my brother I'd go see it. So now he's all pissed at me about it. So Wackerly... Uh, I don't know if you know this, but uh, tonight's kind of a special night here for the podcast. It's the anniversary of the Jonestown Massacre. Do you know that? 30 years ago. I didn't know it was the anniversary tonight, but I know it's been in the paper a lot. 30 years ago, on November 18th, 1978, more than 900 members of the uh, Reverend Jim Jones People's Temple perished in a South American jungle. 
They were either shot, injected, or poisoned by the deadly punch that he had ordered them to drink. <laughs> it, was a, it was Kool-Aid, right? Well, I, I don't even know. Oh, they, did yeah! They, <laughs> did they even have Kool-Aid back then? In South America? I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I think it was like some kind of, They said it was like Flavor-Aid, like flavored, Kool-Aid. Flavored drink. <laughs> yeah, you know he made the Kool-Aid. So, you know, I was thinking this is uh, definitely a noteworthy topic here for the uh, the show today. Good, good way to start off uh, episode 149. Because a lot of people, they've heard about Jim Jones. They've heard the drink the Kool-Aid quote. But no one really knows. I, love, I bet you the Kool-Aid company was just thrilled. That <laughs> happened. Like, great. Dude, you can't get better publicity than that. <laughs> I wonder if, like, the, do you think uh, Jim Jones made, like, one of his members dress up in the big Kool-Aid outfit? Just crash <laughs> through the wall? Crash through the wall, yeah. <laughs> it's like, come on, I kids. So. Drink the cyanide lace Kool-Aid. Yeah, the kids would like it. It would <laughs> take the edge off for them. Yeah, they wouldn't be as frightened. Uh, but no, I think a lot of people don't exactly know who Jim Jones was, his uh, extent, his power. I mean, the, the guy was like, I would say he's probably the most notorious cult leader. Right. Cult I mean, leader. That's the opportune word. Some people lump him in with serial killers. Exactly. And I think that's, uh, you know, people should point out the difference of who Jim Jones really was. I mean, he was a cult leader, but the most influential cult leader of all time. I mean, who had a body count over 900 people? Right, he influenced a lot of deaths, but he didn't, like, stalk people. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, he, His he body put, count is probably the highest, right? It's definitely one of the highest. Anybody I mean, who is, like, you know, involved in people's well, you deaths. Well, you can count dictators and no, people no, like Hitler. But I'm talking about, like, cult Hitler. leaders, though. Yeah, like, I mean, David Kohler didn't even come close. Heaven's Gate. No, that was, right, like, yeah. 20 people. This so no, 900, right? Yeah, exactly, like, 900. So I, I think a lot of people, unless you've seen the various documentaries or if you've read about him, and I, I can recommend Jonestown, The Life and Death of the People's Temple. It's a great documentary. You actually find out about this guy, and he's kind of a fascinating figure. So a little bit of history. I want to get into some history about Jim, Jim Jones and uh, what exactly happened at, uh, the, um, at, in Guyana, in Jonestown. And then I have a clip that I found online of the last couple hours when Jim Jones is finally telling everybody, you need to drink the Kool-Aid. Right. Several and, cli- clips. Yeah, really. several clips. And it's rather disturbing. So I'm going get, to get through this history first, and we'll get to these clips a little later. So Jim Jones was born in uh, Crete, Indiana, Midwestern boy, May 13th, 1931. Always wanted to be a preacher. Yeah. It must be Southern Indiana, too, because he sounds like a cracker and a half. Yeah, I don't know where Crete, Indiana is. It <laughs> must be right down on the southern border of Indiana. Not that Northern Indiana people are all that sophisticated, but his hey, accent. They voted for Obama, didn't they? I can't remember. I think so, but that doesn't really matter. That's neither here yeah. nor there. But, but uh, no, I mean, just his accent and just the whole, I want to grow up and be a preacher. <laughs> yeah. Just cracker like a Baptist it. preacher. No, you know, I kind of think he sounds a bit like Jerry Lewis. Personally, but you know, you, you'll see a little later when you get to hear. Yeah, I don't his voice. know about that. So Jones wanted to be a preacher. He moved to Indianapolis to fulfill that dream. He became a student minister at a Methodist church, but I guess he didn't stay there that long. Apparently, the church leaders at this Methodist church thought that the young charismatic preacher was too free a spirit to uh, be within their community. So in 1955. That's a I, euphemism for something, right? He was smoking pot. I think he was, he was smoking weed and having sex with yeah, all the parishioners. Yeah, okay. Uh, so in 55, 1955, he took a small flock of followers he had gathered from a few local churches and founded the First People's Temple in uh, Indianapolis. I guess it was a place where the Holy Spirit seemed to be rattling the windows, shaking the walls. Black and whites worshipped together freely, which was rare. I don't think that happened all that often. 
Uh, there is prophecy, faith healing, speaking in tongues, and loud, joyful music. <laughs> so he wasn't messing around, dude. I, mean, I love the prophecy thing. Dude, I love speaking in tongues. <laughs> I, I would almost join a church like that, I mean, just to see it. <laughs> would you, know? you do it? I would probably try. It's <laughs> 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 like Bob that Madigan. That's pretty great. Did you say snake handling or not? No, he didn't actually uh, indoctrinate the uh, snake handling. Honestly, though, prophecy, that to me, it takes the biggest balls. <laughs> yeah, but dude, I mean, like in two months, uh, <laughs> you know, a fire engine's going to crash outside the temple and then it doesn't nah. happen and you got to like cover it up or like, I didn't say that. <laughs> <laughs> so, but it was a kind of a wild church and it apparently attracted a lot of followers, especially back then, you know, I mean, this is like the sixties. Right. I'm starting, you had the hippies that are coming yeah, in there looking for meaning the, in their life. Everything I hate about the sixties looking for meaning. There is no meaning. So in the late 50s, early 60s, Jones started taking trips to South America, looking for a place where he could someday escape with his flock. So he was planning on making his own Jonestown uh-huh. years before he ever moved out to uh, you know, the West Coast. But I guess by the summer of 65, he put his South American plans on hold and then relocated to Northern California <laughs> with his Indiana followers. So I guess he had people's temples in Ukiah. He had one in uh, Redwood Valley. Yeah. Um, which is just north of here. And then uh, he also had a couple in uh, in the city of San Francisco like during the 70s. Does it say where they were? Yeah, this one was on Fillmore Street, an abandoned synagogue. So that's, that's like, interesting. Uh, at that time, was heavily African-American neighborhood. And most of the people that were in the People's Temple were African-American. Yeah. I mean, it's, it seems like they were easily influenced at the time. <laughs> I mean, if you think about it, it's just like, dude, I mean, that area, Fillmore Street, was completely impoverished, and here comes this uh, Sven Gali coming in there, right. prophesying that everyone's so, going to, you so know, who have were the money. White, and, who were the, what were the white, you know, what type of white person was involved in this church? Because there were a lot of white well, people Well, I think also. The, the hippies. I think you had that hippie mentality. Okay. People that wanted to hear the singing and the, the right. speaking in tongues and all that. So it was poor people and hippies. Poor people and hippies. So in February, in drug users. In February 74, he secured a tract of jungle from the Guyana government. So I guess Guyana is like just north of Venezuela uh-huh. in uh, South America. It doesn't sound like a place I want to go just by no. the name. But, I mean, I guess it's, like, on the coast, kind of, like, uh, near the Caribbean, so, uh-huh. and just kind of tropical paradise. So, he was playing the part of a politically progressive minister in San Francisco, and I don't think a lot of people knew this. Like, he was well-regarded in the community. Right. Like, I mean, he Little was, did they know. So, every time, you, you know, you hear about some guy who's a well-regarded religious figure now— you have to, you know, you have to consider. Have to he probably is like a, yeah, he's probably like a Jim Jones character, or very well could be. Well, especially someone who has so much power. Like, I mean, he's, he's influenced all these people. He has a flock, literally. Right. Yeah, and so exactly. you have someone like Mayor George Moscone at the time, whose campaign had been given a uh, boost by the People's Temple activists. Uh, yeah, it's all. That's the other thing. Is is then the politicians get involved because they're like, oh, if I fucking butter this asshole up, all then, of his yeah. fucking, all of his, uh, you know, yeah, his church his will supporters all vote will for vote me. for me. Voting I mean, block, even though those motherfuckers aren't supposed to do any, you know, politicking because they're tax free. Yeah, they're tax exempt because they're in a church. But he actually, Moscone actually named Jones the president of the San Francisco Housing Authority. He was Jesus also a Christ. colleague of Willie Brown, who is a powerful state assemblyman at the time. <laughs> so, he later became mayor, for those of you who don't know. He was, wasn't he 
was he governor? No, he was like no, head he was of mayor the, for head, a couple of years. Yeah, but he was also like head of the state senate for a while there. So during this time, I mean, Jim Jones's congregation, I mean, they were doing drugs. They were having, uh, he was having sex with all these, you know, all the uh, parishioners, male and female. <laughs> I had read that he had actually convinced like his uh, congregation that they're all homosexuals. So he asked the spouses not to have sex with their wives, like the husbands not to have sex with their wives because he's the only true heterosexual man out there. Uh-huh. And he would have sex with both the men and the woman to prove it to them. Did the men have sex with each other? <laughs> I, you know, he said that no one was allowed to have sex except for Jim Jones and like his, you know, his, his arm, I guess is like his henchman. At what point are you in that church and you think that that sounds like a good idea? Dude, at did, that, like, I mean, did half the church say like, fuck you, I'm out of here? <laughs> I mean, he used threats, intimidation, and an army of devotees to uh, hold on to power and okay. maintain his reputation. So I think people are more scared than anything else. But by the summer of 77... You're saying this is when they're still in San Francisco. Yeah, this is in San Francisco. This seems weird to me. But think about it at the time, dude. I mean, it's the 70s. Free love. Everyone's high on cocaine. Right, right. But he's not... He's saying... Their pubic hair's out of control. No, exactly. It's <laughs> the 70s. Everybody's fucking everybody. And your, your pastor is saying you're not allowed to fuck your wife? Well, I mean, at this point, I mean, he's already like... You know, kind of put his, his grasp into like controlling that, their minds. Here's the only way I can make it... At first, there were probably some people in the church who was who were normal, and I bet you before he got to that point where he was making those type of kind of proclamations, he'd already distilled out anybody who was even like remotely normal. Exactly. So at like, the time that stuff's going on, it's already like the hardcore nut jobs. The hardcore nut jobs who have been following him around for years at this right. point. I mean, you're talking seven years. I mean, these these are whole families who are completely brainwashed. Yeah, I mean, he'd probably touched half those dudes' buttholes by that point. Anyway. Yeah, he's probably stuck his fingers in the buttholes of the mothers, the children, and the fathers. So by the summer of 77, an expose of abuses of power inside the People's Temple appeared in uh, several magazines. So reporters in the press started were unleashed and started investigating the preacher. And so Jones was like, all right. Let's pack up shop and head over to Guyana. So he took 1,100 people with him to Jonestown, which he founded in Guyana. So it was the press drove him out of the country. Well, I think they were going to uh, unveil, you know, the um, the crimes that his right. church but is you, committing on a regular basis. But you mentioned that, like, politicians and governmental people were, like, totally fucking, you know, giving this yeah, but, guy the reach around. But, dude, superficially, I mean, Jim Jones was charismatic. The guy looked like Elvis, for Christ's sake. Which I think was intentional. What are you? Are you? Are you giving these politicians a pass for doing that? Is no, that what you're saying? I'm saying the politicians obviously had a, a reciprocal agreement with him. I, I mean, they. It's it's like they were. He was helping them out, and he they were helping him. Right. I think right. At but the here's point, my though, here's my problem with that. When you say that a politician, you're giving him a pass because the politician was giving him superficial support. Everything politics is all superficial. Like, yeah, but there's the nothing politician, below superficial level. Th- no one at that point knew anything about him. No, no one. I don't think the politician was a member of the church. I don't think he really knew, you know, the depravity that was ensuing. Uh, that's you know that seems hard to believe. But you okay, know, let's, I'd be skeptical too. I'd be skeptical too. So he took off to uh, South America, and so you might have heard of this in '78, and this is kind of what spurred the mass suicide. A congressman by the name of Leo Ryan, who is a Democratic congressman representing San Mateo, he went with a group of reporters and concerned family members. It's an incredible area members. of the Bay Area, by the way, San Mateo. Yeah. So interesting and fun and <laughs> lots to do, culture. So they headed down to Jonestown to investigate. And I think the reason being is like, you know, Jim Jones took off with their family members for a year 
and they were completely, you know, out of communication with their with their family and uh, friends up here in, in the Bay Area. So obviously there was concern. Yeah. So I mean, if I had a family member um, that went off with this thing, and I totally lost track of her, like my daughter or whatever, my son, sister, um. You know, I might think like maybe I'll send a private eye, or maybe I'll call the FBI or, or Rambo, the CIA. a mercenary. But no, what Snake I want is Plissken. my my local senator to go down there and check it out. I know that's the first thing I would think. Dude, how do you know this guy might have been a badass congressman? Uh-huh. He might he might have had like a you know a machine gun belt. Yeah, he might have been a grandstanding you know? dickhead too. But who <laughs> yeah, knows? I mean, maybe he's, he's Rambo. You're right. Did, did he look like Kurt Russell? <laughs> <laughs> That's kind of what I'm picturing an eye patch here. Well, no, he doesn't. He well, apparently <laughs> he didn't last very much. He didn't last very long in Guyana. Uh, Ryan and four others were shot and killed at a nearby airstrip, which was a prelude to the uh, coming carnage. I guess hours so wait, later. I mean, that's kind of cu- that's cutting a little close. What exactly happened? Do you know? Basically, they just landed at the airstrip, and uh, Jim Jones sent um, uh, his thugs sent, sent, sent an enclave of people out there to kill him. And so, um, yeah, I mean, I think that's basically what happened. I'm not sure. That's well, no, exactly I, what were, happened. I think they were met by a jeep of, of dudes with machine guns. I, and actually, they got off the I plane. actually have it right in front of me. They, so, so what exactly they went happened? out to the Jonestown. They got into a dump truck. I don't know who was somebody from the, the Jonestown area was driving this dump truck, drove them out to the Jonestown area, showed them around. Uh, you know, like, sort wow, of buttered this them is up. fucked. Yeah, they were saying this is fucked, but the Jonestown people were like, we're so happy to have you here. Isn't this a beautiful place? And the senator and his like little cadre of supporters was like, no, it's not. <laughs> and yeah, somehow, I can't wait to get I, back I home. Why, I don't know why the Jonestown, which actually I have a suspicion of why, but they drove them back to the airport and then gunned them all down at point blank range. Okay, so it was definitely premeditated is what Right, I'm and the reason I think they didn't just do it at the Jonestown site was Jim Jones didn't want any he didn't of want his to support. hysteria though. We didn't I mean, want his supporters to know what you know what, what kind actually of shit happened. he was capable of. Yeah. So yeah, so they're basically gunned down. I think there's one survivor. Wasn't there um, a, I don't uh, know if she's the only survivor, but the most famous one is Jackie Spear, who is now uh, a senator. She took over for Tom Lantos, that old Jew who died. <laughs> I remember him and, with the accent. Yeah, Tom Lantos. I am Tom Lantos. <laughs> I was, he was like in the concentration camps or something, and he constantly brought it up. Was that the guy? No, that or was maybe the his parents were. I don't know. He was pretty old. Yeah, remember, remember when there? Who was the Nazi? The Holocaust survivor. Ellie Wiesel was here, and oh, he got, got attacked, attacked by and, that and, yeah. thirteen or fifteen year old <laughs> fifteen year old kid in a hotel room. Yeah, yeah. that kid was nuts. So hours later, after um, Ryan and the others were shot at the airstrip, the good reverend ordered his followers to drink from a tub of grape-flavored Kool-Aid laced with cyanide and tranquilizers. Over 900 people died. The kids died first. Babies were killed by poison being squirted into their mouths with a syringe. Like you do with a dog and Benadryl. Yeah, it's sad. (laughs) Then the adults. Most were poisoned, some forcibly uh, some were shot by security guards. As the ritual su- suicide progressed, it is unclear whether Jim put a bullet through his own brain or someone did it for him. But Jim didn't drink the Kool-Aid. No. Yeah. Jim shot, his, shot himself, basically. But we don't even know. We, like, once again, we don't even know if it was real Kool-Aid. Well, so a lot of people are going to question, like, well, wouldn't you be like, dude, I'm not drinking that Kool-Aid. You're insane. But the thing is, is what people don't realize is that members of the People's Temple had been trained for years in readiness for this mass suicide that finally occurred in uh, November 78. Brainwashed? Uh, Jim, well, Jim Jones had shared with his followers his paranoid belief that the American government was planning to destroy anyone who was involved in the People's Temple. So Jones' followers were accustomed to looking to Jones for salvation. 
and Joan says it's time to die. They're ready to go. But not all of some of them didn't still didn't want to do it. I mean, that's the point. Some of them had to be forcibly poisoned or just outright yeah. shot. Well, I think I mean, I, I think at the, at the moment of death, I think at the moment um, when you're actually witnessing people poisoning themselves, I think some people come to their senses. Even if you've been brainwashed for five years, I think you're like, dude, <laughs> you got to be kidding me. You want me to inject a syringe full of poison <laughs> in my kid's mouth? No, I don't think so. We're going to go know. off to the forest. The religious thing doesn't bother me. Well, it does bother me, but on the ranking of things that bother me, the religious, that the, they're so religious, that their religious beliefs are crazy, none of that shit bothers me. What bothers me is how can you live with this like utter lack of skepticism about something? Like, you know, maybe <laughs> Reverend Jones doesn't have my best interest in art. Maybe everything I know about the outside world shouldn't be through like what he says. Maybe like, how I, could you? How could you just? You know, it's it's retarded. But at the same time, it's like maybe I shouldn't give everything I own to this man. Right. Well, you they know, were I mean, communists, which I guess a lot of people believe. Yeah. In that, right? Well, I mean, but my whole thing is just putting your complete faith in some guy like he's you know your modern day adult Santa Claus. I think it takes a suggestive personality, and I think yeah, I don't know. I mean. Look what, look what people think of Obama. So uh, we... <laughs> yeah, you're right. Um, you know, hopnosis. <laughs> uh, so anyway, we have this, uh, this, this uh, recording here of Jim Jones's final words yeah. to his people. And dude, this, this is pretty twisted. Yeah, this is your reward for listening through that like through film that strip-esque history lesson. <laughs> 20 minutes of babble. Dude, it's interesting. People want to hear that. So anyway, here's Jim Jones actually addressing his followers, convincing them that it's time... To drink the Kool-Aid. In his so, own words. Yeah, we have a number of, uh, of uh, clips that we're going to play here. So, Wackley, why not, we, why not play clip number one? I've got something to happen here in a matter of a few minutes. Is that one of those people on that plane is going to shoot the pilot. I know that. I didn't plan it, but I know it's going to happen. They're going to shoot that pilot, and down comes that plane into the jungle. And we had better not have any of our children left when it's over. Because they'll parachute in here on us. <laughs> I love the First of all, it makes no sense what he's saying. Well, the plane's going to crash, but then they're going to parachute in and get us. So uh, he's trying to intimidate his audience by basically saying that there's a plane coming. They know a congressman's going to come. They know they've been found out. And he's saying if they see what's going on here in Jonestown, we're all going to be taken. Now, did this happen right after he shot the, uh, those people? Is that I've, No, this uh, clip was actually during. So, I mean, Ryan had just been shot, and during this time. That's what I'm saying, though. This is like the same day that all this happened? It's at the same time, within two hours. Okay. And I, I love the uh, sound of the children's mewling in the background. Right, but anytime you get a bunch of kids together, it kind of sounds like that. I think later on in the, in the tape here, it gets a little more... I'm crazy. telling you, if he was wearing the Kool-Aid suit, it'd be different. They don't even know who Elvis is. They're children. All right, exactly. put clip number two. Clip two. My opinion is that we be kind to children and be kind to seniors and take the portion like they used to take in ancient Greece and step over quietly because we are not committing suicide. It's a revolutionary act. So he's basically trying to convince them that we're, this isn't suicide. He's just going to convince them to poison themselves. Yeah, we're revolting against the You're government. You're like a modern-day Plato. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Drink it's like hemlock. A, I mean, what is this, like a Greek tragedy? Is that what he's trying to portray this as? I like that he calls it a Aeschylus. Po- I like that he calls it a potion. A potion, yeah. <laughs> Drink like the magic from a video potion. Game. <laughs> oh, 
health potion. It'll make you wiser. <laughs> All right, well, what's the track number three? Potion. Call the Russians and tell them to see they'll take us. Not that I'm afraid to die. I don't think I don't you are. Them. I don't think you are. But uh, I look at our babies and I think they deserve to live. I agree. You know? They just, but also they deserve much more than is their peace. So he's actually speaking to somewhat of a dissenter in the crowd who's saying, I'm, you know, I'm ready to go, but these babies never even had a chance. Um, yeah, but I'm sure her next line was, but then again, we can't leave all these babies on their own. Some adult <laughs> has to stay around, so I'll probably do that too. See y'all later. <laughs> but he actually says in this transcript, he's like, he tells everybody, this is the plan, we're all drinking this, we're all going to die right now, this is why, because the congressman you know, has landed, they're going to come get us. Does anyone else, does anyone have a problem with it? And that's when these people start speaking up. Like a couple of them said, no, no, I trust you, it's cool, but what about the babies? <laughs> you know, and you know the babies are just kind of sitting there like, I, yeah. I, I just wonder. Babies aren't down with the Kool-Aid. I mean, it's not, it sounds like he groomed these people for the ritual suicide, you know, in the, in the event that it, that it has to happen. But I think when push comes to shove, when the, the actual time for suicide arrives, I think people are just kind of like, are you for real? <laughs> <laughs> Wait, right now? You want to do this? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, I thought that was an allegory. Yep. I, thought, <laughs> yeah. I thought this was one of, one of your many... Prophecies, Jim. Like yeah. the fire truck one. Remember that one? Remember that? <laughs> I thought you were speaking in tongues yeah. about this. Yeah. All right. What's what's the fourth one here? Number four. Please get us some medication. It's simple. It's simple. There's no convulsion. Okay. Wait a minute. I'm stopping this one. Admit. What's up with his ever-changing lisp? Not lisp. He just it's, said. Simple, simple, twice. And the first time he said it, no lisp. Second time, simple. <laughs> it's simple, simple. What? He does kind of have this, you know, he does kind of have this, like, sensitive inflection, though. This intonation of his voice. Yeah, but you I notice think, that? Yeah, but what I think is it's it's an affectation. I think he's a, it's a put-on, and that's why he doesn't have the lisp all the time. I think he's trying to get, you know, sympathy or something. He's like, simple, simple, just <laughs> simple, give the simple. potion to your kid. <laughs> all right, we're going to listen to that again so you can all confirm whether I'm crazy or not. Listen to this. Please get us some medication. It's simple. It's simple. There's no convulsions with it. It's simple. just simple. Just please get it. Before it's too late, the GDF will be here. I tell you, get moving, get moving, get moving. <laughs> What the hell's the GDF? I think it must be the like the police force or something in Guyana, the army. Oh, but, Guyana Defense Force. Yeah, yeah or right. something like that. But it, it sounds like he's kind of getting a little impatient there. He's just like, come on, people. Let's I get know. the medication. <laughs> he's just about had enough. Well, it's, of... it's gone from magical potion to medication now. <laughs> this is going to make us feel better. So what else do we have here? I'm glad to be here. God's sakes, let's get on with it. We've lived, we've lived as no other people have lived and loved. We've had as much of this world as you're going to get. Let's just be done with it. Let's be done with the agony of it. So, so is he is he talking about the children here, <laughs> who have lived a total of what, like a year? Yeah. Like three <laughs> let's just be old. done with the agony of it. I can, I can kind of understand that. I feel you for know. the woman who like gave birth three days before this. 
Like, <laughs> yeah, couldn't you give me an abortion before I carried this thing around for nine months, you Dude, fuck? I think Jim Jones might have been emo. I don't know. It sounds to me. definitely emo. <laughs> he's, he's very emo. He looks just like, uh, what's that guy's name? Roy Orbison. I mean, we keep saying he looks like Elvis, but he really looks like Roy Orbison, who is the original emo. Dude, I think. I think he looks kind of like the cross between Elvis and Roy, like their love child or something. I don't know. So, he's so at very this point, Roy to me. at this point, he's like, "Let's just do this. Come on, kids. Yeah. Let's uh, come on, Pretty people. Come on, like, flock. Motherfuckers, drink the fucking Kool Aid. <laughs> I mean, please drink the Kool Aid. Please drink the Kool Aid. All right, what does he have here for? Uh, what's this another one here? A couple more. If you quit, tell them they're dying. If you adults don't stop some of this nonsense, adults, 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 I call on you to stop this nonsense. I call on you to quit fighting your I think the more worked up he gets, the more the list comes in. He's yeah. about to start speaking in tongues. When he's getting like, frustrated. <laughs> I think he's going to start lisping in tongues. <laughs> but what was it, what's funny about this is he's trying to tell the adults, like, you know, calm the children down. But we're, we're, you know, we're, we're not killing them here. It's nappy nap time. Right. You know, everyone be happy. Just taking a little rest. It's nappy nap time. They really should have brought Barney. eggs and bakey later. They should have. <laughs> they should have brought Barney into it. <laughs> yeah, or or at Big least Bird. if he's wearing the Kool Aid suit. Right. I don't know. I but right now with that lisp, he sounds like Oscar the Grouch. <laughs> 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 All right, here's the last one, people. You're almost through. And he's loved and he curses you. So he's actually referring to the poison itself right there. Where's the vat with the green sea? Is that what he's talking about or is the cyan or is that the cyanide that they're gonna pour in the big tub of Kool-Aid? No, Kool Aid's a powder. You dump the Kool Aid powder in the cyanide. <laughs> so, but no, but what did they have? Like, I'm I'm picturing this cauldron filled with like some kind of like no, it's mixture. It's a vat. It's so a vat. Okay. There's one of those big punch bowl spoons in it. <laughs> and he just and gave it some orange just... slices floating, and so it's kind some guy spiked party. it with some Jim Beam or gin. So it's kind of like being at a big cocktail party, right? Like, except just... you die. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, "Where's the bat? The bat with the green sea on it." <laughs> I know. I, I'm starting to also get the impression that every speech he makes, especially as he's starting to get more and more crazy here and worked up, it's like a Captain Captain Beefheart song. It, it does. The bat, the bat, the bat know, with the sea. I was just thinking about that. <laughs> I think you could actually mine this uh, this this recording here for some great lyrics. Oh, I'm sure somebody has. Although there, there's been a few songs that people have written about Jim. Jim Jones here. So it is the 30-year anniversary of the Jonestown Massacre. Over 900 people died, 913 to be exact. I guess like around 190 managed to escape, or some people actually even hid. And so what's interesting about this documentary... Did anybody drink the poison and still live to tell about it, like with some horrifying internal problems? No, I, I actually don't think anyone who drank the poison lived. But okay. if, if you watch this documentary, Jonestown, The Life and Death of the People's Temple... You'll see some of the survivors, like some of the people who hid under their bed during the calamity, and then when they woke up the next day or a few hours later, they they leave their their shanty or whatever the hell they're living like in. Golgotha. And no, it was just like bodies and bodies. I mean, it took right. them days to remove these bodies. Even when they shipped them back up to the Bay Area, I mean, they couldn't even recognize Why some the of the remains. Why the fuck did they do that? I don't know. <laughs> 
that always I, cracks me up. Yeah, I guess there's a memorial at Get the, the Evergreen back. Cemetery, though, Just in Oakland. Just put it in the dirt there. So, people, I highly recommend learn a little bit more about Jim Jones and just don't trust the clergy. Seriously. Don't trust anybody. Yeah, don't trust anybody, but especially not the clergy. All they want you to do is drink the Kool-Aid. You know, they really do. Seriously. But uh, check it out. Jonestown, Life and Death of the People's Temple. 30-year anniversary of the death right here. I don't think anybody will ever be able to use the Kool-Aid ruse again <laughs> to come up with something else, <laughs> like taffy apples or something. Yeah, I think you'd have to come up with like some kind of like candy. Eat the candy corn. <laughs> you know, I think that might work. Magical candy corn. So, people, this is episode 149 here of Sick and Wrong. Went away from 150. It's got a bit of a milestone there, Wackerly. Um, I disagree, actually. I mean, I, we talked about this last week. Yeah, so everybody's gonna expect that we did some big thing this week, but uh, we're really gonna do the one fifty six is the actual three year mark. So. Yeah, because we started three years ago in January. Well, yeah, there's so, fifty two weeks in a year times three is one fifty six. So people look forward to one fifty six, but uh, yeah, well, I don't know. Maybe uh, we'll get Wackerly to do something special for one fifty. Maybe we'll make some Kool Aid. Yeah, that would be great. I'm not drinking your Kool-Aid, Wackerly. So a uh, quick recap of uh, last week's show, episode 148. If you recall, I did a story about a homo Amish rapist. Uh, Wackerly did a story about the multi-corp storage unit. And listener Ray Lean sent a story about a plastic surgery disaster. You know, I kind of figured I was going to take that one just because you know, people like the Amish. But uh, the listener ended up winning with 98 votes. I came in second the with 76, and you came in third with 37. Exactly. People were disgusted by the picture. We had you didn't put up the before picture though. You know, I should have put up both. It took me like both. a couple of weeks later to see the, or not a couple of weeks, a couple of days later to see the before picture. She was actually a hot woman. No, she was a hot Asian girl. And I assume she was kind of a troll to begin with, but no, no she's, she's super hot. hot. And you know, there are more than like uh, three people who wrote in. Yeah, you know, she might look like some kind of monster, but would you fuck her for a thousand dollars? Yes. <laughs> no. Five thousand. Five thousand. No, I would fuck her before I'd give her let her get her face near my balls. So the listener ended up taking episode one forty eight. You can expect your sick and wrong care package in uh, the next couple of weeks. People you know the way sick and wrong works. Wackerly and I comb the internet for the most disturbing news items of the week, present them here on the show. Audience votes. Winner gets a case of beer. Uh, you can submit your own article to sickandwrongpodcast at hotmail.com. This week for episode 149, we're going to do something a little bit different. We no received, case of beer in play. Yeah, no case of beer is in play. I'll probably just end up buying it anyway. But um, what's interesting, we received three really good articles from the listeners. So today, I was thinking for this show, episode 149, let's pit the listeners into a death match with each other. Which means you're going to be obligated, no matter what the outcome, to give one of the listeners a prize. I hope you realize that. So we have three stories that uh, came from three listeners. One of these listeners is going to win, and one of these listeners is going to get a sick and wrong care package. Um, and you're going to read two stories, and I'm going to read one. That's and what you're going to read one. Anyways. That's what's going to happen. So let me start off episode uh, 149 here. With a story from Sweet Virginia. Uh, Virginia sent us in this story. She goes, ah, here I go. Going with the bestiality card. Wait, her, 
It's not from the state of Virginia. It's from a woman named Virginia. A woman named Virginia. Okay. Should we call her Ginny? Virginia. Just to, yeah, <laughs> Virginia. Uh, sweet Virginia sent us in this story here. She says, here I go with the bestiality card. Even if you guys don't submit it, I'm sending it anyway. We and always you always do the bestiality <clears throat> stories. But it's been a while since we've done a good old-fashioned well, bestiality sent story. One in. So, you know, I, I appreciate a nice bestiality story. It always fits well within the subject matter of our show here. Porking animals. <laughs> Swedish bestiality ring exposed. A Swedish newspaper has exposed a network of self-proclaimed zoophiles who meet regularly in locations around the country to have sex with animals. You know, it's interesting that this happens in Sweden. I wouldn't be surprised, you know, that, that this would happen in the U.S. Because, I mean, we're a bunch of depraved sex addicts here in this country. Well, we also have a lot of different species of animals to fuck. Exactly. But in Sweden, you wouldn't think they would have that many, that many, you know, varying kinds of animals, I can't even think breeds. of what, what's like a typical Swedish animal, a reindeer? I'm picturing that Muppet in the, the Muppets, remember the chef that with the pepper? <laughs> oh. Isn't that some kind of Swedish animal? The what? The pepper? The Swedish chef guy. The Swedish chef is a person. <laughs> it's a Swedish person. Whatever. I think all the animals look like that. <laughs> all Muppets. But- you classify all Muppets as animals? Is that what you're saying? In Sweden, they are. <laughs> But, but what I'm saying is, you know, I never really thought much about Sweden. I always thought, well, you know, there's a lot of hot chicks there, and it's just kind of an innocuous country. But do you remember when we saw the pictures of that Swedish guy's apartment on our forum? Uh-huh. With ever since then, shows up his ever since then, I've been wary of the Swedes. And so that's why this story doesn't really surprise me all that much. I actually think that guy's from the Netherlands or something, or same Norway. Same thing, same thing, No, dude. but he got really pissed off about it. <laughs> yeah, because you commented that everything in this guy's home probably was shoved in his ass. And came from Ikea, which is what really pissed him off. Exactly. And they have a lot of phallic-shaped objects at Ikea. Ikea is Swedish. I'm pretty sure I got that right. So there's a zoophile group here consisting of an estimated 30 people. 30 people in this uh, zoophile group. How many animals? Uh, they don't say. They, they say they get together every now and then with a, uh, you know, a, 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 a wide array of uh, barnyard animals here. It's headed by a 45-year-old father of two, this group of 30 people. I was just kind of surprised that you could find this many like-minded zoophiles out there. You know? I don't like that word, zoophile. Well, how many people are in your wine club? Aren't you in... What wine club? (laughs) Your wine club that you're a part of. Oh, you mean... Oh, that wine club. I don't know. Your wino club. We don't have meetings. Yeah, we just... You just get free wine. It's not free. I get a discount on wine from our friend's winery. So it's basically for alcoholics. So you don't don't actually even know how many people... There's no meetings. No, no. So these people, I think, just have meetings for sex, basically. With animals. I don't like the the term zoophile. It's too respectable. It sounds like somebody who works at the zoo or who likes the zoo... I mean... Uh, what do you want to say? Donkey fucker? That, well, because no, they don't just fuck donkeys. It's like, you know, animal fucker or something like that. Animal the bugger? Animal, yeah, 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 I mean, yeah. I, I don't I even don't know. know. I don't think we found the right term yet, but there's got to be like something more... Dog-ass bandit? Yeah, I don't even know. Deviant? I, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll think of something as, as I relate the rest of the story. So the unmarried former um, managing director of a large internet animal sex forum has a number of dogs and horses on his farm, so he usually tends to host the parties at his farm in northern Sweden. Uh-huh. Surprising to me that he's unmarried. I imagine his wife probably wasn't too pleased about his uh, kink. Well, Sweden is pretty liberal. Can't, can't you get married to an animal there? Yeah, you know, I'm, I'm, well, obviously you can have sex with one. 
Um, apparently, the Swedish newspaper did an undercover reporting job here and infiltrated this bestiality network over a period of several months. Um, it and, only uh, took them several months to get into the secretive bestiality ring? Well, what, do they just post on <laughs> Craigslist? <laughs> hey, anybody got know of a club where I can fuck some animals? And like, immediately <laughs> three people respond, well, yes. Come over well, to this dude's farm next Wednesday. But, dude, you know, if you're going undercover for a story, I understand this might be your big break. But how far would you be willing to go with this? Like, I mean, would you stick your dick in a horse's ass? No, not my dick. Finger? finger. Would you finger in a duck's butthole? Uh, yeah. Duck before a goat? Duck before a horse or whatever you said. <laughs> eggs come out of there. I eat eggs. Yeah, but I'm just saying it's like... You eat eggs, right? If you're you a wouldn't ple- stick your finger up a chicken's ass, but you'll eat something that comes out of its ass? You know, I probably would stick my Vagina, finger in whatever. a chicken's <laughs> ass before I would stick my finger in a dog's ass. I don't even ass. know how you find it, by the way, because there's so many... It's all the feathers. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know where the chicken's vagina is. But- I think you need to join the network. No, I don't want to know. (laughs) I'm just saying if I had to find it, I couldn't. So the 45-year-old. You can sit there underneath it and watch for the egg to come out. (laughs) And then quickly jam your finger in there. I think that's the way I'd do it. So the uh, 45-year-old here was quick to defend his relations with a dog that he had brought online from a city-dwelling family who said they wanted to have the, the dog to have a better life in the countryside. He said, any of the times I did anything with the dog, she was the one who backed into me and provoked it. She was in heat and made herself available. Uh-huh. So I don't know how that really justifies it. So she backed into him, but he's the one who's got his pants down, his and fucking hard cock, his erect cock sticking out. Uh, this brings up something. I don't really have a problem with uh, animal on female bestiality. Now, I think that's sexist. I, I think it is. No, I don't think it is. Because it's obvious if your dog or cat, although I've heard not to do this with the cat because they'll chew your labia off. Yeah, I think we did something If your dog, that. for example, or goat, I guess, uh, you know, is like licking honey off of your, your twat, it's obviously ha- nobody's going to say that that dog's not enjoying that. So you're saying that the animal's not being exploited, it's the, the animal beneficial. is so obviously enjoying it that you cannot call it exploitation. Um, even if the dog is actually like fucking a woman, there's no the dog is having a good time. Yeah, but you're taking advantage of a feeble-minded creature. What? what, what but you... it's having a great time. Okay, here's let, the thing: if you're if you... you're fucking the dog in the ass, or even the female dog in the vagina, it's questionable whether the dog is really enjoying that. Well, let's say you have a retarded child of uh, four years old. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's about the same mental capacity of that well, dog. And I, and I, let, I let it like. <laughs> and you slathered your balls with some, <laughs> with some Hershey's chocolate syrup. Yeah. The, I kind of see where you're getting at. <laughs> and I kind of think maybe you're right. I think maybe my hole, idea is not working. I think there's a hole in your theory, Wackerly. Yeah. You're not going to be able to justify your fetishes on this show. Wow, you really foiled me with logic there. <laughs> at one meeting in a village in a northern Sweden, apparently five members of the uh, network here. Waited for a woman who'd promised to bring along two dogs. But when she was unable to make it to the meeting, the men spoke instead of their experiences, including a previous visit to a colleague they referred to as the Donkey Man. Apparently, the Donkey Man has a goat and a couple of donkeys. They said they tried it with the donkey, but it didn't work. But they didn't manage to have sex with the goat. What didn't work? That's what I want to know. 
Dude, why? Well, fucking donkeys <laughs> kick, and I don't want to get kicked in the balls or the face. Do you think the donkey kept running away? Because, dude, I mean, do you remember when we did that story about the guy in Seattle who got fucked by the horse? Uh-huh. If this was, was in video. the U.S. of A., they would have fucked that donkey. I don't know. Dude, I don't know. I don't think the Swedes know how to do it right. Well, That's yeah. what I'm saying. I think, you gotta, I think there has to be some donkey bondage involved. So apparently there is no law in Sweden banning sex with animals. Uh, apparently any previous attempts to pass a law like this have fallen on deaf ears. Even up to like the upper reaches, upper levels of government here, the agricultural minister, Eskolar Lansen, outraged many observers with his graphic defense of existing animal abuse laws. He says, and these are the two best quotes of the story, is it and should it be legal to spread something on the genitalia that might smell or taste nice to a dog in order to allow the dog to lick off whatever is spread on the genitalia? So he t- takes my view. <laughs> I think this guy supports you. You could probably be an elected official in Sweden. Right, but I think you should have been there with your little retard anecdote. Yeah, I could with my uh, retard, uh, yeah, <laughs> different in my retard defense. He says, should it be permitted to stroke a bitch's teats with love, or should it be classified as animal sexual abuse? Well, <laughs> that's a good gray area, too. I mean, you know, know, you got a dog and it rolls over and you pet its belly. I don't really, have you ever seen people that have dogs that aren't fixed, female dogs, and they actually have like huge nipples? That just kind of stick out? <laughs> yeah, and you go to scratch its belly and you're like, oh God, that's fucking <laughs> disgusting. Yeah, but if, what this guy sounds like, he's saying, you know, he's just rubbed some peanut butter on his genitals and now he's like squeezing and pinching this bitch's nipples. Right. Uh, no, I don't think those are simultaneous anecdotes. Dude, what I'm saying here in Sweden, I think they're too lenient in their interpretation of the law. They need to be draconian like we are in the U.S., dude. Right. You don't fuck a dog. You don't fuck a dead deer. Yeah. That's what we do here. It it isn't the law. That's the problem. Their laws need to be more draconian, not their interpretation. And and, I mean, the fact of the matter is that 30 people are in this club. So what happened? You're saying it's not what they're doing isn't illegal? So they were infiltrated by the reporter, but he was just like, hey, these guys are doing this. And everybody was like, okay. I think the liberal media are trying to give rights to animals and uh, trying to expose that bestiality exists in Sweden. And uh, expose the holes in the uh, country's existing animal abuse laws. Yeah, it's a little confusing to get onto the liberal conservative so, spectrum with this one. I don't know which. But on the which. sick and wrong star scale, Wackerly, I mean, here's a guy who's had a sex, tried to have sex with a donkey, and uh, has a meeting with uh, 30 other dudes who come to his house and watch each other try to have sex with chickens, goats, donkeys. It is all dudes. Uh, you know, they don't actually specify. It's, it said that a woman was trying to bring the two dogs over. So, I'm, you know, I'm going to give this. It's bestiality. Bestiality disgusts me. I'm giving it a 4.75. Uh, 4.5. 4.5? Yeah. Because nobody got their guts ripped out by, like, a horse cock. I mean. Or kicked. Yeah, exactly. I guess <laughs> if you had been being fucked by the animal, it's sicker. Well, we'll see what the listening audience has to say about that. But thank you, sweet Virginia, for sending that in. We have the uh, second listener submission who came from who? Daniel from NZ. Which I believe is New Zealand. A New Zealander, eh? Yeah. Fighting around the world. Ripper. Uh, He says, I want you to take a minute here to think of your mother. Your sweet, tender mother who nursed your scrapes and bruises... And took you to school. That's not really how I think of my mom, but okay. 
Yeah, I don't think of her uh, that Here's way some either. more. Your mother who tucked you in at night and made you breakfast in the mornings. Eggs and bakey. Yeah, yeah. Eggs and bakey. <laughs> Sweet dear mom who told you how proud you made her, that you were her child. Once again, we're not talking about my mother, apparently. <laughs> yeah, no, I was about to say, this doesn't sound like my mother at all here. I think this guy's an only child. Yeah, I don't know what kind of mothers they have in New Zealand, but uh, they, 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 they definitely differ from the mothers in the uh, Northern America. Here's where his email introduction changes its tone. Now imagine yourself at 26 years old and having, quote... He writes out quote, and then the next part's in quotes. Oh. (laughs) You only have to do one or the other. Uh, Quote, (laughs) sex with your mother on the futon she had been lying on. Yeah. Well, and here is his last line. You're either furiously masturbating or dry retching right now. Either way, it's gross. Daniel from New Zealand. P.S. Congrats on electing Obama. It's a a shame about Prop 8. No? Because uh-huh. everybody thinks that we wanted to get married. Okay, so that's why they why. think it's a shame. Yeah. It is a shame on Prop 8, though. Anyone should get married if they want to get married. Right. Misery loves company. Yep. I don't see why anybody should have any yeah. say over it one way or the other. So, but I don't think everyone should be able to fuck their mothers. No, and uh, I don't think my mom's ever lying on a futon. <laughs> yeah, I don't think so either. Never. Purely mattress for that old. Yeah, bed. she's never praised me. She's never lay on a futon, and uh, yeah, I've never fucked her. So but it's going to be difficult get, for me to relate to yeah, this story. I still get where he's coming from. Let's let's get into it here. Um, a man who had sex with his wheelchair-bound mother after telling her no women seemed to want him. No women seemed to want him. <laughs> I think you could take out that qualifier. No women wanted him. Uh, could be released from a Darwin prison before the end of the month. Where was, this is Northwestern Australia, Darwin. Yeah, I think uh, Northeast, Northern Territory. Northern, yeah, whatever North, that is. I think is. that's North Australia. Yeah. I thought the white trash of Australia were in the south. It's a pretty fitting. Uh, I was going to say ironic, but it's not really ironic. It's fitting that this happened in Darwin, a town called Darwin, because I don't think this guy's genes are going anywhere. <laughs> <laughs> it's a de- uh, it's a, what what evolutionary dead end. Genetic dead end. Yeah. You know, I wonder if this is where the Darwin Awards actually came from. You think this town of Darwin, Australia? Um, no, actually, I, I think they're named after d- the guy. Charles Darwin. Uh, the town is named after the guy. Yeah, but I, I don't, th- you know, I don't think there's a dearth of people who have earned a Darwin Award in Australia. That's what I'm saying. Oh, yeah, I'm <laughs> sure you're correct there. I wonder how it is in the Galapagos. <laughs> Does anybody live in the Galapagos? No. I don't know. Sea yeah. turtles. They're all dead already from fucking their mothers and not <laughs> procreating. Um... He had to go before Justice Sally Thomas, which is hilarious. Having to go before a female judge for this, who I'm sure has kids of her own. Um, and she said that uh, he offended public morals and community standards. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah, which I guess is like an actual crime. Um, in sentencing the 26-year-old to three years in prison uh, with a non-parole period of six months, uh, Justice Thomas said that the man's mother felt betrayed, lost, lonely, and very upset. His sentence was back to the time of his arrest on May 30th, which means because of the, the parole period, non-parole period is only six months, he might be able to walk free in only two weeks. So wait, you're saying he's only going to do two weeks after raping his mother? He might. He's got a longer sentence, but his per- non-parole, the period, in two weeks he'll be eligible for parole. So like good behavior. Was this rape off. or was this consensual? That's what I want to know. Uh, what exactly happened Interesting here? that you <clears throat> asked that. 
Um, he moved in with his mom about like what six months ago, and about three months later, he and his mom are watching television when he asked her, "Why don't women want me?" <laughs> I'm just gonna use a Billy Bob. Yeah, they, <laughs> I was about to say that doesn't sound like a New Zealander, but hey, I've well, been it's there. Australia. I don't know. It's Australia, so oh, okay. I can't get no women here. <laughs> Crikey! Crikey! I can't get no women here. I try to stick my finger in their bum hole. <laughs> uh. There's no, that's, you know, they end with that quote and then immediately jump into that the justice said, the offender then pulled her knickers down with one hand. He reached into his wallet, took out a condom, put it on his penis, then got on top of his mother. Okay, hold on a second here. If you're No fucking, mention of her objecting. Yeah, but if you're fucking your mother, do you need to use a condom? I believe you can get your mother pregnant. You could, I mean, dude, she's got to be what, like oh, 50, she's 60? Old. <laughs> yeah, she's old. She's probably in menopause. And not to mention, how dirty could she really be? I was going to say, VD. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, this guy's not getting laid. I mean, he's fucking his mother. It's right. like, if you think about it, she probably hasn't had sex in a while. It's like, yeah, I would dude, probably go bareback of, with that. Dude, there's lots of VD that doesn't go away after a period of time. I hope you know that. Dude, I would probably, I'm just HPV, saying, I'm saying herpes. I'd, I'd be willing to take the if risk. your mom had herpes when she was 19, she, you're still going to get herpes from She's her. not a, do you drink from the same glass as your mother? Right, but you don't get herpes from sharing glass. <laughs> if you stick your cock around the edge of it, like <laughs> that, I don't do. But what I'm saying is, I just don't. Do think... I drink from my mom's Luna cup or whatever that thing is? No. <laughs> no. What I'm saying is, if Diva I was cup, willing sorry. to rape my mother, I probably wouldn't have had the forethought to put on a condom. That's all I have to say about it. Okay. Uh, I have no response, to that. <laughs> but I still think your mom could give you herpes. Um. <laughs> Which maybe, I mean, maybe the answer to that is, you know, if you're so desperate that you're fucking your mom, who gives a fuck if you have her? Exactly. It doesn't no, matter. At that point, it's like, dude, it's you're like probably you're better to off. to a partner like, I have herpes <laughs> and I got it from fucking my mom. <laughs> um, but no mention in all this that of her objecting, um, but they do mention that uh, the intercourse took took place on the futon the woman had already been lying on and lasted for about 17 minutes. So she didn't fight him off, and she had dude, sex. Dude, 17 minutes. So this <laughs> pretty good. sounds consensual, dude. <laughs> I, I don't think most rapists get 17 minutes to have sex with a woman. Right, because she's usually digging your eyes out. He later had sex with her again. Dude, this was consensual. Probably lasted longer than 70 minutes, because, you know, the second time around. Well, because she enjoyed it. This, this was entirely consensual. This is going to affect my sick and wrong score for this. After the offender got off his mother, she got into her wheelchair. But you didn't say she was disabled. I said at the beginning, wheelchair bound. Dude, so he knocked her off his wheelchair and then put no, on no, the condom? No, no, she was already off the wheelchair. She was lying on the futon, remember? Okay, okay. So she was off the wheelchair, then she got on She's not the... fully crippled. She's uh, in the re- wheelchair because she she has like bad arthritis, which means she can move, but it's like painful to her. So she's been in the wheelchair for about seven years. Um, and she here's also, you know, regarding whether this is rape or not. She didn't actually go to the cops, but um, during her next regular checkup, she told her doctor about it, which I don't know how that comes up. Any <laughs> idea? I, I have no idea. Like, I oh, just wonder. Uh, is he just checking her vagina he, and like, oh, do you have a new boyfriend? <laughs> now my son fucked me. <laughs> And he's like, ah, pulls his hand back. Oh, my God. Where'd you get herpes? Christ, woman. <laughs> so then he ended up getting arrested. Uh, the doctor 
the um, actual alerted charge, the authorities. The actual charge is he 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 actually pled guilty to two counts of having sex with a person knowing that the person was his mother. God, that's a weird law. That's a weird law. Right, because it implies that you could have sex with somebody who was your mother as long as you didn't know it. And yeah, some if type you didn't of, know like, it. edible thing. Yeah, right? well, isn't that the edible complex is you didn't know? He didn't that, know. Well, yeah. he finds out, and that's why he, end, he pokes yeah. his eyes out, because he's like, like, which is the, you know, appropriate <laughs> response once, exactly. you find, once you do this. So, um, he was drunk at the time of the offense, and I didn't mention that before. Um, he'd never been previously convicted of a sexual offense. In fact, never had previously had any sex. Does he have any siblings? I don't think so. They're not mentioned, but it doesn't say yes or no. Um, and once again, uh, speaking of whether this is rape or not, the issue of consent was not a part of the charges, which means that, you know, she basically did consent. So she, you know what she probably thought? It's like, here's my son, 26-year-old virgin. I'm just going to let him, like, Lose his virginity. Yeah, you, I think they had a weird relationship to begin with. Well, you know what my question Although, is? Although, listen to this. This is, this is the last thing I'll say, but this is really weird. This woman didn't actually raise him. He was actually raised by his father in Western Australia, which meant that he did not have a normal mother-child bond. Hmm. So this is his stepmother. No, no, it's his real mom. Oh, it's his real mother, but she split didn't up. raise him. They were him. split up, and she didn't raise him. I wonder what the age difference is. They, they don't say, do they? doesn't say, sadly. I'm so, sure we could do some research. So, actually, the question on my mind, I think... Is she hot? Is that what you're asking? No, no, no. The, the question on my mind is probably a question that comes up with pretty much in, in, in the adulthood of every Australian male. How many fosters would it take before you'd fuck your mom? <laughs> Right. Dude, seriously, are you, are you just putting that out here? Or do I I'm, I'm just saying, every Australian of drinking age, you know, as soon as they become legal to drink, I think they they're they're broached with that question. I think that they need need to come to terms with themselves. How many fosters would it take for me to bugger my mother? But there's a lot. There's a couple different ways you could refine that question. How many fosters would it take for you just to spontaneously fuck your mom, or? If there was a situation where, like, you are going to fuck your mother or we're going <laughs> to execute your mother, how many fosters do you need first? For, for, <laughs> all right, let's go with the latter. How many fosters do you think you need first before you'll They're fuck? They're going to kill your mom. And you can just two-pump dump, hopefully, right? Yeah. I think I would need... We're talking about the big cans? I'm, take, I'm talking big cans. They, they don't have like, small cans. I've seen small cans before. Okay. I'm thinking the big cans, like, 48. <laughs> <laughs> All right, what about spontaneously fuck your mom? You're sitting there, you're saying, you know, mom, I never get any pussy. Girls never even seem to look at me. You're looking well, hot I'm tonight. I'm speaking very coherently for drinking, <laughs> you know, 78 Fosters. <laughs> so you're saying 78? I would just try and, you know, commit suicide by blood alcohol poisoning and not have to do it. So, I don't you know, know, 100. It might be me or it might be the sensible-minded Jew in me, but I think I would just refrain from fucking my mother. Might you'd be let, me. You let them shoot. You let them shoot her in the head, dude. I'd be On scarred mentally. I'd be scarred mentally. Yeah, but you're about to watch your mom's head be chopped off by you know a guillotine. A guy wearing a Kool Aid outfit. 
<laughs> then maybe. A Kool-Aid outfit and uh, an executioner's mask. I have a question. All right, though, before, 80 Fosters. Before we're, I don't think we even need to score this because it's, it's on the Foster's scale. It, it's, I'm a Foster's scale, dude. I'm at 48, it's you're at 80. <laughs> but I'm giving it five stars because 48 Foster's is five stars. What's the conversion scale there? I don't even know. I have a question. <laughs> here's, a, here's another thought experiment. Which would you rather do? Um, have a podcast with you and your girlfriend for a year, once a week, or fuck your mother. <laughs> oh, Jesus, dude. Yeah. Wait, me girlfriend and my wife. girlfriend or wife had to do a podcast Every once a week? week for a, for a year. A or fuck year. my mother just once? Yeah. How many fosters? As many as you want. I'd but fuck, no I, fosters with doing the podcast with your wife. Or I'd whatever. fuck my mother. <laughs> yeah, me too. I'd drink 50 fosters and fuck my mother. So, I don't know. I'm giving that one a five star. I don't know what you have for it, but... um. I told you, I'm just sticking with the Fosters. <laughs> Which Fosters. is pretty high. 48 big Fosters. We'll, we'll see what the listening audience has to say about that one. So this uh, third story here came from Jason, also from Australia. You know, Wackerly, I think we should move to Australia and do our show because they seem to like our brand of humor there. Getting tons of birds, mate. I don't know, dude. I think we could go to Sydney and we could probably be You eat shrimp, renowned. Right? Even though you're a vegetarian? Could, yeah, I eat shrimp. We could be renowned radio celebrities in Australia. In this country... They just don't understand us. No. I don't know. And there's plenty of stories in Australia. God, dude. Fucking, there'd, there'd we be no do it the United stories. States. So Jason here writes in, love your show, guys. You've talked about how to dispose of corpses in the past. Perhaps this method could be refined. What toppings would you employ to lure wolves and bears to devour the corpse of a loved one? Did or, you say Did you say toppings? Yeah, he said <laughs> toppings here. Like a condiment? <laughs> yeah. yeah, like sprinkles. Perhaps honey, maybe sugar, and leave it, you know, leave the body next to some huge ant colonies. No, oh, uh, so you're talking about like a dessert topping. Yeah, I think I he meant like a like, dessert topping. I was thinking like hot dogs and hamburgers. <laughs> no, 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 no. I think he, he meant like a dessert topping, like ketchup or something. Okay. Well, that's not a ketchup. Well, I guess a, that is it's a condiment. Like, yeah, it's a hot dog. All right. <laughs> No, a topping. I don't. I I don't know how they do. I don't think we need to limit ourselves to desserts or main courses. So the story here occurred in uh, Long Island, New York. Murderer's peanut butter ploy. A slain Long Island teacher, Leah Walsh's allegedly homicidal husband, slathered peanut butter all over her body before dumping her in a ditch in the hope that wild animals would get rid of the evidence. Dude, how many wild animals roam around Long Island? I don't know. I, I mean, think it, quite a few. It's heavily populated. I don't think there's enough animals that would well, devour a corpse. Th- you're talking about like the Manhattan end, but he, this could be like way out on Long Island. Yeah, they don't actually say. Yeah, but I'm willing to bet it's way out on Long Island. I am impressed with, uh, with, with her husband, the homicidal husband here. I never would have thought of that. We've talked about, we've discussed disposing corpses here on the show. Yeah. Never would have thought about coating her in peanut butter and more. sticking her in the forest. It's pretty good. It's, it's brilliant. The heinous, it didn't work out for him, apparently. No, not entirely. The heinous revelation comes as waitress Donna Lepore, 24 years old, admitted she had an affair with Walsh's husband, William Walsh. I guess this kind of uh, led the cops to be curious about William Walsh and uh, what happened, why you know he had an affair, and I think uh, he became a prime suspect. Uh, Leah's, his wife's naked body, was discovered on October 29th. She was slathered in peanut butter. The grisly method of disposal was only partially effective, said sources, which I don't quite know what they mean by that. So, like, half of her was eaten? Uh, I assume so. You can't be out in the woods with peanut butter all over you and not have something come and chew on you. <laughs> like, you Even if you don't have peanut butter on you, something's going to come and chew on you. The you, problem, you know what the problem with this? The fatal flaw in this uh, 
plan is is the the bloodhounds also go straight for the peanut butter? For the peanut butter, exactly, <laughs> exactly. I'm, you know, he. I, I think what he should have done is followed your idea of killing a dog and burying a shallow grave and right. and bury the dog over yeah. the body. It's worth a dog's life. <laughs> but apparently, this guy wasn't very intelligent about about choosing a location to uh, dispose of the corpse here. The corpse was found by a worker from a North Hills country club, which is in a wooded area about 20 feet from the <laughs> Long Island Expressway. So, wait, it wasn't the wilderness. It was the golf course? It was the golf course, yeah. Okay. The North Hills country club. And the de- yeah. that's, that's, that's what I'm saying. It's like, what do you expect? Like a chipmunk or a raccoon's going to well, devour this thinking, corpse? Uh, you know, it takes probably a lot of gophers <laughs> to get in there. It's like some gophers going to be a peanut butter surprise here. Yeah. Sweet, but it it might that's believable, but it's gonna eat like maybe one foot and then be like, I'm fucking full. Yeah, I know. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> what this guy was hoping for is like a huge bear is gonna come around. Coyotes. Yeah, which I don't think you're gonna find in a country club off the Long Island Expressway. No. Yeah, you gotta go deep in the woods, buddy. So detectives are looking into whether accused killer William Walsh here had help in preparing the body for disposal and dumping it. What from like Mr. Reese's? <laughs> <laughs> But no, what I wonder, do you think he called his buddy and was just like, hey, dude, what you doing tonight? <laughs> uh, just hanging out. You stoned? Because you might want to be. I, I, I got to ask you a favor. You could cover and like tape and be like, I just made this paper mache body <laughs> that looks just like my girlfriend, wife. You want to put peanut butter yeah, on I it? I got 30 dude. cans of peanut butter. I mean, we could go to the bar and try to scam on chicks, but this might be more fun. Yeah, I got 30 jars of peanut butter and 48 Fosters. <laughs> You just start drinking them and tell me when you're ready to help. <laughs> Cops say that Williams, 29, confessed to strangling, strangling his wife during a 3 a.m. fight over his infidelity. Uh, apparently, yeah, apparently he wasn't Sober? that great of a husband here. He dumped her body, set things up to appear like she had been abducted, and made emotional pleas for her return. Now, this I find... What, in like front of the press? In front of the press, in front of the police. <laughs> so, I mean, he, he made it look like his home had been ransacked. She had been abducted. Uh-huh. And he's, like, fake crying. Yeah. And this, this is why I think I would be caught immediately and might as well just confess. I don't think I'd be able to pull it off. I don't think I'd be able to cry believably enough. I don't think I could. I think the cops would be incredulous and immediately be like, dude, you're faking. Yeah, that's why you wear sunglasses. Dude, when even you say, then, you say, even then they would know. When you say you couldn't cry, are you specifically talking about the tears? Or Dude, you couldn't even do the whole like emotional breakdown thing on command? In order to 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 completely like fool the press and the investigators here who have seen this <laughs> a thousand public, times before. The, don't forget the public. You have to be a master thespian. I think you need to have real tears coming out. I think you need to look emotionally distraught. <laughs> I don't think I could do that. <laughs> what, dude? But what would you just, say, though? I just wanted my wife to come back to me. <laughs> I don't That's know if like that would do. work. No. I'd be I, fucked. I'd be fucked even if my wife really was murdered by somebody else because everybody would be like, he did it. Look at him. He's not sad. God, where is she? I just want her to okay, come back. Okay, that's horrible. <laughs> just stop. What, what do you mean with those empty 30 cases of peanut butter back there? <laughs> I like peanut butter. I, I don't know what that is. I, was, I like I peanut butter. I put it on everything. I like Bananas, a lot. <laughs> crackers, celery no, I sticks. Don't, I don't think I'd be able to pull it off. I, th- I think I would be found out immediately. Yeah. Well, that's good. That's kind of like a little uh, safety catch. It means you're not going to murder your wife or girlfriend. Right? Well, it sounded like William Walsh, though, did manage to fool people for about three days until they actually found the peanut butter covered corpse. Yeah. At the uh, country club. So he is a master thespian, you're saying? 
He was a master thespian for about three days. He's just not a master corpse disposal guy. Yeah. I think if uh, he had done a little bit more research, he probably would have gone off just scot-free and then could have been shagging the waitress you know, for the next Well, you know what years. it is. It's this whole stupid do-it-yourself culture. Like, you know what, people? Not everybody can do everything. Sometimes you got to go hire somebody to do the job for the you. The wolf. Yeah. From Pulp Fiction. Yeah. But you know what, though? It does bring up, you know, uh, Jason here brings up an interesting point. What toppings would you use, Wackley? What savory liquid would you coat your um, freshly murdered loved one? Uh, I got to say, it would depend where you were. You know, okay, let's say if you were in, in Mexico, Michigan. Uh, Michigan's too vague, but Canada, maple syrup. <laughs> if you're <laughs> in Mexico, you'd put some salsa on there. Yeah, but what if do you If you're say? in California, maybe some guacamole, See, you know? Wait, Everybody in California loves the avocados. What's so you're fuck? saying you'd use a regional condiment. Yeah, well, you want to appeal to the local tastes. Dude, I would go for Nutella all the way. <laughs> that chocolate frosting kind of thing going on. What is that it's stuff? It's not really frosting. What it's is like it? Chocolate, it's like chocolate almond. spread. It's related to peanut butter. Dude, you don't, you don't I think know it's why? Almond cho- almonds and chocolate. Dude, if this guy who worked at the country club here happened upon this corpse that was covered in Nutella, he would have looked at it and been like, yeah, dude, that's covered in shit. I'm out of here. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that's just fucking gross. But Nutella doesn't smell like shit. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, the animals <laughs> might like it. What, what about frosting? What about They're, just like vanilla frosting? That would be good. I think and that'd work. It's cheap. Peanut butter is like five or six dollars a jar now. So you know, forty-eight jars of that's fucking expensive. Frosting is cheap, dude. And frosting's like a dollar. Yeah, dollar fifty maybe for a little little tub. And dude, animals love frosting. Fuck yeah! I I never would have thought of this. Although my, they might, the frosting might make them sick before they get all the way through with the job. But probably not if it's a wolf that's just gorging itself for the winter. My hat is off though to uh, William Wallace. Although I I do kind of um, dread if I was him, I dread having to meet the family in court. It's like <laughs> why peanut butter? She hated peanut They'll butter. I'll never be able to eat peanut butter again. <laughs> So on the sick and wrong star scale, guy murders his wife, coated her in peanut butter. I never would have thought of that. I'm impressed by that. I'm giving it a 4.5 just because of that. I'm not as impressed because he didn't work out for him, but that's just the location. So he's a dumbass who had a good idea. Yeah, four point, I'll give you 4.75 for adding to the, you know, Another the pantheon technique. of techniques that techniques we've discussed in the past. Well, thank you listeners for submitting those stories. And we invite the audience here to to vote and decide who has won episode 149 here at Sick and Wrong. People go vote at sickandwrongpodcast.com. Banana phone. Ring, 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 ring. Banana phone. Are you drunk? Are you horny? Call the Sick and Wrong hotline. 206 Wackerly, we are nearing the end of the show, and as usual, we tend to get to phone calls to the Sick and Wrong Hotline, 206-666-3846, and uh, we also have a few emails to sickandwrongpodcast at hotmail.com. But before we get into phone calls, I just want to make a shout-out here to... Um, Damien, who actually did come through and send us a goddamn authentic boomerang. Boomerang. Boomerang from Australia. You know, I, you know, uh, Wackerly said that he got this in the mail the other day, brought it over tonight. And I must admit, I'm impressed. You know, I've never really seen a real boomerang. And it kind of has like... It's heavy. It's heavy. It's, it's it going to knock like? the shit out of a crackhead's crack pipe. 
Oh, dude, it's going to... Actually, it's probably going to hit him right in the face because I don't have that kind of aim with the thing. What I'm hoping is I'm going to practice like in Golden Gate Park and then and I'm going to be able Jer to... Like, has a boomerang, an authentic boomerang that somebody yeah. else came, brought back from Australia. So we could have a fight like in Tron. That might or be like kind of cool. like Alexander Hamilton and that other guy. What, Aaron Burr? Yeah, is that who the other guy was? I don't remember. But no, what I'm saying is like, I wonder if I can like throw this thing because you're supposed to throw it like a baseball here and hit the crack pipe and have it come back to me. I you know, know it because like I read baseball. the letter from uh, from our buddy. <laughs> I didn't read it. I was too lazy. Didn't even read the letter. So uh, <laughs> we, we got a letter here that says, Hey, guys, here's the boomerang I promised. It was handmade by some aborigines, and I assume that means it should work. It's, uh, i.e., come back when thrown correctly. Google how to throw a boomerang. Dude, I don't need to Google how to throw a boomerang. Maybe you guys need to do that in Australia, but... Dude, I'll just go drink a couple Fosters, and I'll go out in the fucking tenderloin, and I'll throw gonna, the boomerang. Is this thing going to get one toss and end up in the ocean, and I'm never going to get to throw it myself? Dude, I'll go out there with you, and we can go hit some crackheads together. It'll be like a good Saturday afternoon activity. No, no, I think we need, to, we need to practice in Golden Gate Park, and as you know, crackheads don't hang out in Golden Gate Park. Junkies and buggers hang out in Golden, hang out Gate, Golden Park. Gate Park. Exactly. So we're going to have to hunt for them, and then bring it once we get our technique down, then we'll bring it back to the TL. Where it's at confined areas. Yeah. It's more difficult to throw. Right. He says, if you don't learn how to throw it properly, it might as well just be a bent stick. Uh, you have to throw Which it. It's o- funny because that's kind of what a boomerang is. <laughs> you have to throw it overhand like a baseball, not sideways like a frisbee, or it won't work. Thanks again for playing our song "Heretic" on Sick and Wrong episode 143. We really get a kick out of hearing you talk about this. We have a new song on our MySpace page if you want to check it out. It's MySpace.com/slash/AUS Blunt Force Trauma. Cheers and beers, Damien, who's uh, known as Shifto on the forums. And his band's called Blunt Force Trauma, but he's crossed it out here and said Boomerang Force Trauma. <laughs> you know, if you like grindcore, check out his band. I mean, they're pretty brutal. Uh-huh. Definitely uh, kind of hard to listen to. Like, It's hard for me to listen to, well, you're not to a big grindcore, grindcore guy yeah, on extended periods of time. But I listen to those guys, and they're pretty brutal. So go check it out. And thank you, Damien, for sending us Boomerang. It's probably the best gift we've received thus far. It's up there with the moonshine. Yeah, definitely. This is up there with the moonshine. moonshine. You know, the two would go well together. Drink a lot of moonshine, just walk outside with this boomerang. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. (laughs) Well, thank you, Damien, for sending that in here. And uh, now we have some phone calls to the Sigurong Drunk Dial line. And, uh, yeah, I think we got a few of them. So uh, let's get to call number one. Hey, guys, it's Heather, the soccer mom. I am loaded, and I'm currently hiding in my bathroom because it's the only place I have any peace and quiet in my house. So I want to call you guys because I think it's funny that you're still drinking the moonshine. (laughs) It was only a pint, guys. You should have, like, cleaned that out in one night. So We're done with the moonshine. And she was the one who told us not to drink more than two shots or something. Yeah, well, I guess, okay, we managed to make that thing. We we made that last, because we were drinking it specifically on the podcast. Yeah, it was a special event drink. Yeah, so I think we made it last for quite a while for a pint, though. Right, it's not like we were only drinking the moonshine. I mean, seriously, how long would a pint last in your house, Wackerly? A couple uh, hours. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I think that's pretty funny. And, uh, yeah, I also wanted to say I'm very proud of California for passing Prop 2 on the treatment of farm animals. We haven't talked about Prop 2, have we? You know, I think uh, me and the captain mentioned it briefly. Oh, I wasn't on that one, yeah. So that's the chickens have to have a big cage or something. 
Yeah, I think it's before the chickens are slaughtered. They're allowed to turn around in their cage now. Uh-huh. I think it's like cows are allowed to actually move about like a field or something <laughs> before they're eaten uh-huh. and mercilessly slaughtered. Okay. Although I want you to, to just look at it this way for a second. I'm a vegan. My family, my kids, they're vegetarian. And okay, so. <laughs> no mention of her husband. She says her family, though. Uh-huh. So if you look at it like this, okay, would the Holocaust have been any better if the Nazis would have given the Jews color TVs? <laughs> I mean, would it have been any less terrible? Probably not. No, not really. So this is what I have to say to to your listeners. There's nothing more sick and fucking wrong than eating animals. Okay, people? Stop it. I don't eat animals. I eat meat. <laughs> uh, meat is like the Lego... Building block of an animal. It's not an <laughs> the, animal. Where does the meat come from, Wackily? Um, it it you build an animal out of meat. <laughs> I'm build. I'm an animal, and I build myself out of meat. Yeah, but you wouldn't eat uh, someone like you. No, I'm disgusting. <laughs> it's awful. Stop eating them. Go vegan. Bye, guys. So you know, I kind of agree with her. I don't think there's any reason to really go out and eat meat. I think I've said before, I'm a vegetarian. Right. Dude, I've been vegetarian, you know, come... Actually, I've almost been vegetarian 24 years since I've eaten meat, chicken, or turkey. But my my personal belief, though, and this is my personal belief about um, eating meat, it's not wrong to eat meat because animals should be worn, Uh not eaten. Leather pants, totally cool. Boots, Great idea. Leather what jackets are salmon, fine. What about the salmon steak that's on your kitchen counter right now? Fish have no feelings. <laughs> they don't. No, I bet but, you Heather <clears throat> would have a different opinion. No, but what I'm saying is like, you know, I've never like not dated a girl because she's not a vegetarian. That uh, doesn't bother me. It's like, yeah. oh, eat meat. I couldn't give, I couldn't, seriously, I couldn't care less. Even if she has like garlic beef breath? <laughs> I'm not going to make out with a girl until she's brushed her teeth. But all I'm saying is I think animals should be worn, not eaten. So I agree with you there, uh, soccer mom. Yeah. But I couldn't imagine there being that many vegans in Tennessee. Like, yeah, I seriously. bet your opinions don't go over too well in Tennessee. Yeah, I just wonder what the uh, the her neighbors think of this. And doesn't she live on a farm? What is it, a sprout farm? <laughs> I mean, but yeah, what, what do the neighbors think? Oh, there's that whacked out vegan with her, like, homicidal daughter. <laughs> <laughs> homicidal, emaciated daughter. Here, have some more moonshine. <laughs> well, thank you, soccer mom, for uh, voicing your opinion, and I could so agree with you more. And moonshine must be vegan. Yeah, I don't think it's made from the blood of any animals. Yeah, there you go. But you know, though, seriously, it's like in California, we pass Prop 2, which gives rights to animals, but yet we don't pass Prop 8, giving rights to homosexuals to get married. That's true. Hey, isn't that just a little bizarre? I don't really think one law has much bearing on the other, but I guess I see what you're saying. I, I just don't think it makes much sense. So I don't think Prop 2 makes much sense either because you give the animals what? A little more comfort before they're slaughtered anyway? Uh-huh. You know, it's not like we're passing a law saying banning meat here. But <laughs> that regardless. That would not go yeah, over well regardless. anywhere. Thank you, Soccer Mom, for sharing your opinion. What's uh, call number two? Call number two is another in the long series of sick and wrong working class heroes. They, you should know what, be, they should have cards. You know what the... Like uh, baseball cards? Last week I referenced the Budweiser commercials. Real men of genius uh-huh. is what they said. But right. in Sick and Wrong, we're saying working class heroes. Yeah, I think everybody understood what you were getting at. Yeah. 
Hey, this is PC3, and uh, I've been listening to your show for about seven years, and uh, I was listening uh, last week, and I heard the sick and wrong UPS worker. Well, I work for the United States Postal Service, so you can tell that son of a bitch to suck my balls. Stay sick. <laughs> Okay. I find it interesting that he's been listening to the show for seven years, being that we haven't been on for three yet. I think he listened to every show twice and maybe a couple of them three times. <laughs> a couple of them three times to get seven His years. Time moves slowly in the U.S. Postal <laughs> Department. Yeah, have you ever actually stood in line trying to mail a package? Yeah. They couldn't care less. It's like being at the DMV. Yeah, I'd like to get those years of my those seven years of my life back. You know, I never, I never really thought, though, that there was much of a rivalry between the working class heroes at the USPS and the working class heroes at UPS. Oh, I've always assumed there was. So apparently they don't like each other at all, do they? No, I, I think they should use those trucks when they see each other, like a postal service truck and a UPS van drives by each other. I think they should, it should be full on road warrior. Yeah, no. You're running I, I, each other off the road and then, you know, Federal Express comes by and it's just a <laughs> melee. You know, I'd like to hear some uh, USPS going postal stories because that's you never hear about UPS guys going postal. No. USPS is where they go postal. Yep. So why don't you call us back, giving us some going postal stories. And come to think of it, we haven't heard from the UPS guy in a while. So no. I'm hoping what can Brown do for us lately. Yeah, I'm hoping he calls us and uh, leaves us a message. 206-666-3846. Here's another working class guy who we actually have heard from before, Jeff the Pizza Guy. I love Jeff the Pizza Guy. What's up, sick and wrong? Jeff the Pizza Guy. Got another story for you. Not high or drunk this time. But delivered out to a neighborhood that's pretty far away from the store. We only have one store location in our city, so we deliver everywhere across our little town. Um, really dark. No porch lights in this fucking poor-ass neighborhood. It takes me about... 20, 25 minutes just to find this goddamn address, which is printed on a washing machine outside of the house. So, and when he says printed, he means drawn in a magic marker. <laughs> Dude, someone used a Sharpie and put their address on a washing machine. Nice. Where, where does Jeff the Pizza Guy live? I don't know. I'm thinking, Some small town where they only have one pizza place. I'm thinking somewhere in the Midwest. Yeah. With maybe, one, maybe in the South. One pizza place. Yeah. So, angry... I give them their pizza, no tip, it's very rude to me, not going to go into that, but it's dark out, so I decided I'm going to take a piss near the side of their house, and as soon as my eyes adjusted to the darkness, I realized I'm pissing on a little girl's tricycle, nice. or a little boy's tricycle. <laughs> uh, oh, and by the way, fuck the UPS driver. Jesus, dude, there, there's so much animosity between these working class heroes. I'm telling you, they all—it's all people who drive stuff around for a living. When they see each other on the road, I think it's on. It's just kind of on. It's just like, okay, there's rivalry here. I mean, yeah. why can't they all get along? They're—they're they're making minimum wage. Uh, yeah, what? I mean, they should probably unionize. Or something. So, so what's kind of funny about this story is so. Uh, Jeff, the pizza guy, goes over and delivers the pizza to this white trash home. They don't even tip him. Yeah. So obviously there's a repercussion there. I mean, you have to do something. You right. have to get your revenge. Right. He was just going to piss on their yard, but he ended up pissing on their kid's tricycle. I think next time he should take a shit in a brown paper bag, light it on fire, and put it on the doorstep. It's a classic, but it works. A brown paper bag or like a bag of breadsticks? Oh, that's a good idea because the oil would make it burn faster. Yeah. But, you know, the I would uh, back my fucking car up or not even back it up. I'd probably drive around the block, 
get like you know a good 300 yard start and just hit the gas to the floor and just drill that washing machine <laughs> and knock it like down three houses, you know? And then no one will ever know where that person lives. Yeah, my car will be all fucked up, but I'll feel better. Yeah, with your luck, the child who owns a trike would probably be in that Inside washing machine. Inside the washing machine? <laughs> hey, I didn't know. That's probably his bed. I didn't know. Seriously. Well, uh, Jeff the Pizza Guy, it's good to hear from you. Did, didn't he just call there's right a follow, back? There's a yeah, follow-up. Hey, sick and wrong. It's Jeff the Pizza Guy checking in again. I'm high this time. And I just wanted to take back what I said about UPS guy. Sorry, UPS guy. He's all baked <laughs> and mellowed out. He's like, I shouldn't have said that, man. <laughs> I like, I love, I love how it's like, you know, you're you're not drunk, you're sober, and you're angry. Yeah. And it's just like as soon as you smoke he's, a little he bit, he just got off his shift. He's like, fucking goddamn it, goddamn UPS guy. But as soon as you smoke a little bit of weed, it's like. We all love each other. It's a round world, you know. Yeah, there's about seven of the extra you know, breadsticks at the end of the night, and just full and, and stoned. It, you know, he's suddenly full of remorse, and it's like, you know what, UPS guy, you're all right. <laughs> <laughs> I can and smoke weed with you. I kind of agree. You working class heroes should be smoking a little more weed. Although I think they do regular drug tests in most of the blue collar jobs. So be careful. Really, pizza delivery guy? <laughs> you don't think all those guys are high as hell? No, I think Pete's, I think Jeff the Pizza Guy's fine. He can smoke UBS, as much weed as he wants. I can see that. And USPS. I think they need to be careful. Uh, people call the Sick and Wrong Hotline at 206-666-3846. We always love your tales of being a working class hero. It is kind of nice. Uh, we also received a couple of emails here, Wankerly. We got one from uh, Laura. She says, I live in Edmonton and was listening to local radio and they were discussing the murderous filmmaker who found his victims on Craigslist. You know, the one you guys dubbed the Dexter Killer. They were asking for any information about the whereabouts of the vehicle that he drove on the weekend. They suspect he ditched the body and any other evidence. When they told us the license plate number of his red Grand Am, I immediately thought of Lance. It seems like a vanity plate that he'd appreciate and covet. DR I love the vanity plates. DRK Jedi. <laughs> Dark Jedi. Oh. So she didn't even know I like vanity blades. She's just getting down with the nerd aspect. Great. I think, dude, it just cracks me up that everyone just has this conception of you as just ultimate nerd. I don't really like Star Wars. What, what do you mean you don't like Star Wars? I mean, Wars? I was into it as a little kid. Dude, you're like, going to get kicked out of the nerd club. Every kid who was born in the 70s was into Star Wars at some point, but I'm not, like, I didn't care about the new ones that came out. I saw them all, but everybody saw them all. I didn't, like, wait in line. I didn't see them opening weekend. Right, what about Star Trek? Are you excited about the new Star Trek movie? I am excited about the new Trek. <laughs> nerd. <laughs> I didn't say I wasn't a nerd. I just said I don't like, I don't like Star Wars. I think Star Wars is a little gay. Would you be driving around with a vanity plate? That's no, a I don't like Star. <laughs> no, that's just too. That's too uh, just, assumptive. Yeah, too assumptive. Yeah, I think that might. I mean, I almost want to say it's pretentious, but it's almost pretentious because you're like, I'm such a nerd, and and it's so obvious too. It's Captain Kirk. I mean, if it was Klingon, <laughs> that might be a different story. Yeah. Data head. I don't know, but uh, yeah, I do appreciate the fact that Laura. Uh, is uh, pointing out that Wackerly is a nerd. I and think I would uh, prefer my Trek plate to say, make it so. <laughs> <laughs> I, 
I don't even know what that means. Uh, Picard always said it on that. Oh, okay. <laughs> Way over my head. I, uh-huh. I don't know why I'm right. not getting it. Somebody got it. She says, great show. Love listening to you guys and hope you have a great week, Laura. Finally, we got an email from uh, Gauntlet. He says, hey, Dean Lance. Gauntlet from Australia here. Just want to say that I listen to every show. Wizard needs food badly. I've <laughs> been a big fan for a long time. I work as a tech support dude, which I'm surprised they even have those dudes in Australia. Trying to fix people's computer problems. Really? That's what tech support dudes do? It's a cunt of a job. Anyway, I wanted to ask you guys, why don't you have a Skype voicemail? I'm sure a lot of people have Skype, and I would definitely leave voicemails if I could. Then when I'm half-baked, I don't have to dial numbers. I could click on your name, and uh, I'm always at my PC. And it's free, right? So people have to pay to dial our number now. So, you know, I don't even use Skype. How does that work? You just sign up for it? it? You just sign up for the service. I'm a sci-fi nerd, not a computer nerd. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to look into this, though. I agree with Gauntlet. Just because we have a lot of international fans. Barbarian needs food, badly. <laughs> we have a lot of international fans. So I'm going to look into this, Gauntlet, and see if I can get a Skype voicemail for Sick and Wrong. So then we can get some more um, voicemails Yeah, coming here from uh, the international fans. I think we should switch over if it looks easy to do. He has a postscript here that says, Fuck Fosters. I don't know if he's a true Australian. Probably not. No true Australian would, would not ever Fosters. say that. I mean, seriously, how else would they fuck their mother if they weren't drunk on Fosters? <laughs> uh, people, you can uh, send us an email at sickandwrongpodcast at hotmail.com. Finally, if you haven't already, join the Sick and Wrong Forum. Post many messages. Have fun with it. Go crazy. It's a whole new intertube world out on that forum. But there are a lot of new members. I kind of like that new thing, the Iron Man Sick and Wrong Video Contest. Uh huh. I'm still waiting. That? Yeah, I'm still waiting to see the the results. Dude, I can't wait I, to see I the submissions. To it or not. People, all you need to do is just tape your girlfriend naked taking a shit, and then write sick and wrong like you know on the toilet or something. And that mm-hmm. that's all you need to do. It's all like, you need to do to what get dumped and arrested. <laughs> no, but I'm saying it's like you do something like that, and then it's uh, immediately it's viral. Any chick, just she could just be naked doing anything. She could fart on a piece of cake, as we've all seen. Been done. Yeah, but I mean, I'm just saying, a naked chick doing anything. And make sure sick and wrong is written somewhere on her body. That's all you need to do. You'll win, want to take you'll win Iron Man's contest. I'm sure the prizes are glorious. <laughs> Check out the Sick and Wrong forum. You can link to it right on our main page, sickandwrongpodcast.com. And I'd like to thank everybody who's been giving us all these comments on iTunes. Dude, we're like almost at 70 comments now. Uh-huh. Maybe it's because we're hyping it more. But seriously, subscribe to the show on uh, iTunes. It really helps us out. And uh, leave us a comment. Give us five stars. Soon we'll be the best podcast ever. Also, uh, we have news teas coming along the way. I uh, just made, just I'm getting them printed right now. They'll be available by next week. And they're going to be limited edition Sick and Wrong teas available right through our website. So that means, right. wackily, you're going to have to do a little more work. Yeah. On uh, putting up the sick and wrong store again. So these are premium, uh, like not your rum in the mill, cafe press. Uh, you Dude, know, level are, B t-shirt. It's an A-game t-shirt. These are limited edition sick and wrong tees designed by D. Simon himself. <laughs> uh, they're going to be fucking, they're going to be fucking rad. Yeah, you're like, uh, I don't even know any of those t-shirt guys. What's I don't know. Guy, what's the dude's name that did the Obey things? He has some, like, Shepherd Fairy. Shepherd Fairy. Yeah, I'm a lot like that. I wish your name was Shepherd Fairy. <laughs> but soon, soon enough, check out next week, sick and wrong store. We'll have those t-shirts available. Uh, finally, I want to talk about the Sick and Wrong Song of the Week. I picked it out myself, and I want to personally dedicate it to the members of the People's Temple, 
who are celebrating the 30th anniversary of their death. Okay, I guess they're not really technically celebrating it, but we're celebrating their massacre. Uh, the song's called Drink the Kool-Aid, and it's by a local punk band known as Victim's Family. You they're local? Them? I didn't know they were local. Yeah, they're from uh, North Bay. Yeah, I like that band. They're a great band. What, and... they're from Marin? <laughs> They're pretty hardcore to be from the North Bay. Yeah, I want to say they're from like Cotati or something, Petaluma or something like that. That's not really the North. That's the, yeah. Napa Valley. Yeah, Napa Valley. They're drunk on wine. But they have a song here called uh, Drink the Kool-Aid, and it's definitely applicable to uh, this show. People, we'll be back next week with episode 150. Till then, take a sleazy. (laughs) 